This program contains explicit content and subject matter which may be unsuitable for some listeners. Discretion is advised. Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hi, everyone. I'm Carol. And I'm David. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the Sexy Lifestyle's all about. David and I are passionate about making your your sex life the best it can be. We sure are. And, you know, we love talking about sex and your sex life and sexuality and sexual pleasure. We just love sex. And we hope all these discussions will open up your dialogue about that great sex because... Well, great sex matters and you deserve it. And we're proud to be supporters of the sexual freedom movement. We believe it's so important to accept and respect other people's choices about sexuality. On today's show, Dates and Mates, we're going to be getting lots of tips and tricks about online dating that will help singles find the right mate. Absolutely. And, you know, everybody wants to be loved and everybody wants to be that great lover. And we all have that same common desire. But how do you find the right mate who will fulfill that desire? Joining us today, we're going to have Demona Hoffman from Dates and Mates, the celebrity dating expert of the new generation. Yeah, she was an early adopter of online dating and is an amazing success story herself. And she's been showing singles how to harness the power of technology and turn it into the power of love for over a decade now. Right. So this is The Sexy Lifestyle, and we are Carol and David. But before we introduce our celebrity guest, Demona Hoffman, let's talk a little bit about this, a sexy, fun date night activity that a new couple, maybe in a new relationship, might want to go on and get their juices flowing and open up their discussions about sex and sexuality and uh, have a lot of fun, get entertained. All at the same time. Yeah. And it just might get you asking each other questions like, should we? Could we? Would we? Well, we're talking about Taboo's Everything to Do with Sex show. It's North America's largest adult consumer romance trade show, um, which is going to be in Toronto this November 24 to 26. And we're going to be there broadcasting live right from the show floor. So pass by our booth, hang out with us, chat with us, and you can even be on our show. Yeah, it's a great venue for sexy entertainment and education about sex. There's, of course, lots of adults-only products that you can touch and feel and even purchase. From sex toys to sex swings to floggers, lingerie, porn, everything to do with sex in one place. In one place. And, you know, one of the things we love most about the show is how everybody, you know, comes a little bit more sexily dressed up, especially the ladies. They get dressed so super sexy with their high heels and sexy outfits. And I I love high heels. So they have the boots and the stilettos. It's just amazing. And sometimes people even come dressed in their BDSM and leather and latex outfits. They love that. It's just so exciting and always super interesting. Yeah, it's also a place where you can learn a little bit about alternative lifestyles, like our swinging lifestyle that mm-hmm. we live, and uh, an erotic travel, which Absolutely. we do lots of as well. Uh, the atmosphere is sensual, and, and everyone's open-minded, non-judgmental. You, know, you can ask any questions without being embarrassed. You don't have to worry about meeting your neighbor or your coworker at this show, because they're probably there for the same reason as you are. And hopefully they are, which is to spice up their sex life and live happy, healthy, and horny. 
So as a date night experience, whether you're with a new partner or in an established relationship, you will find many new things to see and do and hopefully encouraging you to open up those conversations, laugh and simply have fun with it. Yeah, and no matter what, it will open up dialogue about things that you might not have even considered previously. You know, effectively, you'll be communicating your wants and needs and your limits and boundaries in a natural, organic discussion. Maybe, just walking around the show. Absolutely. Maybe it'll turn into an orgasmic oh, discussion as well. Orgasmic you love orgasms. Sure. Right. And the seminars are always interesting and full of tips and tricks about great sex and then there are those hot and sexy burlesque dancers Ooh, you they're love my, those. my favorites doing those sensual strip teases and you know if you've ever seen a live burlesque or pole dancing show you'll know what we mean and if you haven't come to the show because you'll see it there it's all included you know and the strength and flexibility and of course the eroticism and sexiness of those dancers it's all pretty mind-blowing so if you want to try something new and spice up your date night open your mind Come and check out the erotic show like Taboo's Everything to Do with Sex Show. You'll have a blast and maybe even an orgasm. We love orgasms. And that's what the sexy lifestyle is all about. And we are Carol and David. And we're very excited to introduce today's guest, Damona Hoffman, a certified dating and relationship coach with over 12 years of experience. She hosts Dates and Mates radio show and podcast and was the dating expert on FYI's TV series, Black Love and a Question of Love. Right. She's a graduate of Northwestern University and Damona was the first coach in California to be certified by the International Dating Coach Association. Damona, welcome and thanks for joining us on The Sexy Lifestyle. Thank you so much for having me. It's our pleasure. Thank you for the time. And and you just, I think, did a show with our friend Cheryl Besner as well. I did, yes. I was on her radio show, and she's awesome. I think awesome. you were on like a week before we were. Yeah, this, this, this so love fun. community is, is pretty small. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's all about helping people connect and find the right mate and great sex and stay together forever and ever and ever. <laughs> well, that's be nice, right? <laughs> that's just the beginning. <laughs> it is. It is for sure. And Demona, you were one of those pioneers on the online world of dating. And in fact, I think you met your husband online, which I read in 2003, and you became an advocate and expert on online dating. Tell us a little bit about your online experiences before you found Mr. Wright that many years ago. Yeah, well, I, I met him, I say, before it was cool. <laughs> now online dating, it's, it's so natural. It's such a part of our, uh, our cultural zeitgeist and the way that we make connections. But when I started online dating, it was a little bit taboo. And you did not tell people that, that's, that you were even doing online dating, and you really didn't tell people that that's how you met. So it was, uh, it was a little bit of a secret that I kept for a while. And then when people found out that that's how we met, they'd say, well, you know, I tried online dating too, but it didn't work for me. What was your secret? And I have this method of teaching people how to brand themselves and present themselves almost as if they're selling a product online. They're selling the product you. And really, that's the most important product you'll ever sell. Right. But I, I, sometimes people get nervous when I say thinking of yourself as a product. But really, it's just your, your dating profile is your calling card the same way that your resume is your calling card. So I just look at it as your dating resume in a way that then brings the, the great dates into you and makes those connections. And really online dating, it's just one more, it's just one more avenue for us to connect. 
so I don't look at it as weird or unusual. I never really have. I just look at it as, as another tool in your dating toolbox. And we, we get that because as swingers, um, really because swinging is so underground, the only way to meet people is with the uh, online swinging dating sites. And you absolutely are not only selling yourself, but you're selling your couple. And, you know, you have to go out there and we use them all the time. Uh, yes, yeah, sure, we go to, you know, clubs and parties. But it's very different because a single can go into any bar and be sexy or do whatever and flirt and try to pick someone up. As a swinger, you can't just go into a club and say, hmm, all right, who am I going to flirt with? Because you don't know who the swingers actually are. So we, we get the whole online dating thing. They make it look like in the in the movies and TV shows, though, like you could just do that. <laughs> Yeah, that's a lot of myths about the swinging lifestyle. But just to understand a little bit, what you do is you get their client or the people that you suggest these things to is to look at themselves and find out what their strengths are, and that's what they need to feature on their profile? That is the starting point. Figure out who you are and what qualities you have that would attract someone to you, and then figure out what you're looking for. And position yourself, not, not in a sexual way, but <laughs> make sure you're in the right place at the right time to meet the right person. A lot of times people will say to me, well, I've been on Tinder for two years and I'm not in a relationship and I've never, I've never met anybody serious on Tinder. And it's like, well, first of all, think of the, the mindset of the other people that are there. And actually, I say that saying that I, I've also had many clients that have connected on Tinder. So it's really all about your mindset going into it. But you set yourself up for success if you're really looking for a relationship Maybe you want to try a paid dating site like a Match.com or an eHarmony over a free dating app where people can get on with two swipes of a button and a, and a Facebook profile. We get and, that. And with, the great, and with the right attitude, then you know what you're looking for. Then you know right away what you don't want as well. And I guess on Tinder, you're swiping left instead of right. Or Yes. And you also have to follow through on the communication. And that's where I see a lot of people going wrong. There's just now... We're just inundated with messaging everywhere, and your dating site or dating app, most people that are online dating are are not just on one site or app. They're on three, four, five, six. So it's really easy for your messages to get lost in the shuffle, and what I teach people are, are strategies to make sure that you're getting noticed and to follow through on your goal. Once you have that vision of that person, then follow the steps to actually get from the dating site to the first date and forward. It's right. not that, just about connecting and chatting online. And you, you all know this as well. It's about yes. let's meet up in person and yes. see right. if there's actually chemistry. Yes. Get off of the dating site and get into the real world. Right. So you're so passionate about what you do. Um, you actually have your own radio show called Dates and Mates. And it's all about relationships where, you know, you make modern love simple. But tell us, what is your favorite part of your show? I either make modern love simpler or more complicated, depending on the question. <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, I've been doing the show now for five years, and I just started it with the mission of helping more people find love. And I found that I just really, I, like you said, I'm passionate. I just really love doing this work. So we, we start each show off usually with the what I call the dating dish, and these are dating and relationship stories. Sometimes it's celebrity news. Sometimes it's a statistic or a study that's relevant to my audience that I think you need to know about. 
And then from there, we go into technically dating, which is questions from, from our listeners. And then we always have a little fun, like you guys have on this show. We always switch it up and have a little fun. But it's, it's really all with the mission of demystifying modern dating. So many people say to me, online dating is so hard, or dating today is just the worst, or all the good guys are taken. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> this is the best time ever in the history of the world to be single. You have options available to you at every turn at the swipe of a finger. Women have the, the, the power to be able to choose who they want to date. When in past generations you just dated who was in your community yeah. or who your parents set you up with, oh, we, we have so much choice. Maybe we're stuck in the paradox of choice. But saying that this is the most challenging time to be dating, to me, is, is a cop-out. I think, I think the opportunities abound right now. We agree. Now, some of the things that you talk about on your show, I did listen to a couple, and I really find it's easy to listen to you. But I know one of your main topics of discussion is all about authenticity. And you have that catchphrase that's love as you are, and that reflects that idea. Tell us why this message is so important to you. Oh, well, personally, I, I was a victim of falling into the trap of needing to be something else to be lovable. I grew up in the Midwest. I'm half black, half Russian Jewish. I didn't look like anyone growing up. I was always overlooked for the girls that had the more traditional Midwest American look. And I really felt like, well, what's wrong with me? Like, if I could just change and be more like that, then I could, I could find somebody. And it wasn't until I realized that it wasn't about assimilating or running away from who I was, it was about embracing and celebrating the things that made me unique and different, that I was able to attract the men that wanted to really be with someone like me. And that found it really interesting that I had a varied background. And, and all these things that were weird and quirky or nerdy or, you know, those things that you push down and think, I'll put that aside while I'm dating. I'll cover that up and give them the glamour shot and be this perfect person. And then as they peel back the layers, they realize that they're not getting what they thought they were getting. Those things had to move aside for me to be able to meet my soulmate. And I actually don't believe in soulmate. Uh, I believe in soulmate. That's That's a a whole other story. Such a great message. But uh, that's when when I met my spouse. And I said, this has to be my mission because I know there's a lot of other men and women out there who feel like they're not lovable in their current form, whether it's I need to lose 20 pounds or I need to have a different haircut or dress differently or whatever. It's love as you are. Come as you are. And the right person will connect with that. You don't have to change to be ready for love. Absolutely. Now, you were you were talking a little bit earlier about technology and swiping and, you know, texting is just it. I mean, my kids, when they're in the house, they text me from the basement to upstairs. They want to have a conversation with me. They text me instead of just calling me. It's just sometimes gets too (laughs) impersonal. And I know you've written a book called Texting 10 Commandments for Singles. Just quickly, what is the most important commandment for a guy or a girl to remember when they're texting? Yeah, so I have a workbook and then a video training on my site on this topic because so many people were coming to me saying, I... I'm getting into the chat, like I'm swiping right on a lot of people, but I'm not getting to the dates or I'm getting to the dates and they're not even showing up. 
<laughs> so it's really important with text to, first of all, text like you speak. I think a lot of times people try to make their text. It's a kind of the same thing I was just talking about. They, they kind of whitewash their text and it doesn't sound like them. Mm-hmm. Or they are, they go overboard and they rewrite and rewrite it and they sound like this really quippy, quick, quick-witted person and then they show up to the date and they're, they're not living up to the expectations of the person they're meeting. So you really should aim to text like you speak. And prior to the first date, you've got to keep the texting very, very short and keep it to moving forward to the date. A lot of times people will get stuck in what I call the texting trap. I have another training on that where they're getting to know someone over text, but they don't know the real person. And then they show up on the date and realize that they had a completely different image of this person in their head than the person sitting before them because they had to fill in the blanks with their hopes and their wishes and their aspirations for a mate as opposed to being able to actually see the person right in front of them. So I think it's very dangerous prior to the date to text too much. You have to text, text a little bit to develop a rapport and to get them to show up. But I actually like moving to the phone call before the date and doing I'm a short, you. like yeah. 15, 20-minute phone call just to hear their voice, their intonation, and see if you have that rapport when you are actually speaking to, to each other in real time. Now, we have a lot of experience in this because, as you know, we find couples to play with and swing in the world of the swinging lifestyle. We actually do that as well. We meet briefly online. We chat with them a little bit on the dating sites. And then the next thing we do is we pick up the phone. Always it, the girls. And it's amazing what you can learn mm. from someone by picking up that phone. And, you know, you've seen all the photos. And believe me, in the in online dating for us, we see a lot of photos of a lot of... <laughs> Tits and yes, pussy and exactly. cock and everything. And, and yet, when you pick up the phone and you hear either their intonation or how they speak or and you either get the chemistry feeling or or nothing. You know, it's it's amazing mm-hmm. what you can get on the phone. So it's great that you, you want to move from the text right. into the phone call as quickly as possible. But then how quickly do you encourage them to actually make that date? Is it within days? Yes. Yes, okay. Um, I, I think it should really happen within the first week of connecting. Um, I'm not a big fan of same-day dates. Like, well, what are you doing tonight? I, that usually doesn't work out great unless it's just a hookup and... Right then fine. But I'm usually coaching people to move into a relationship. And I find that, again, it's not having to battle with your mental image of this person. And no matter how wonderful they are in person, if you've created a different picture in your mind, there's going to be dissonance on that first date. Right. If you've right. waited exactly. too long and gotten to know each other offline too long, before you saw who the real person was. Now, there's one exception for that, of course. I do have many clients that have dated long distance and have met someone in another state or even in another country. And in that instance, I recommend doing a Skype date for sure. As your first date, but really treating it like it's a date. You show up, you get dressed up, and and you you have a focus for the date that's not just like, uh, well, I'm going to jump on Skype 
before I before I go to bed and my hair is going to look all disheveled and my makeup's off and everything. That yeah, not, yeah, that's not going to work. All right, Let's Demona, see. we're going to ask you to hang on for a second. We're going to remind everybody that this is The Sexy Lifestyle, and we are Carol and David. And today we're talking with dating coach Demona Hoffman from Dates and Mates. Now it's time for a quick word from SDC.com. And when we come back, we're going to get into relationship red flags and sexual experience. This segment is sponsored by SDC's Caribbean Dreams Cruise, December 9 to 16. And we're booked, and we can't wait to go. If you've ever attended one of the SDC cruises or takeover events, then you know what an amazing job they do creating the ultimate erotic setting. SDC has been hosting Swinger Lifestyle events since 2006 and showcase sexy fun couples from around the world, offering sensual theme nights, exotic pool parties, sexy playrooms. The opportunities are endless. They are, and where lots of fantasies come true. And SDC were also the first to do a lifestyle cruise on a five-star smaller, more intimate cruise ship, and their upcoming Caribbean Dreams cruise will be their sixth lifestyle cruise event visiting the beautiful Caribbean islands, departing from San Juan in Puerto Rico. Join us on the SDC cruise in December by checking out our website, thesexylifestyle.com, for all the details. You are listening to The Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Got a burning question or comment about today's show? So send an email to ask at carolanddavid.com and we just might be answering your question next. Now back to this week's show. This is The Sexy Lifestyle and we are Carol and David. And today we have international dating coach and relationship expert, Damona Hoffman from Dates and Mates, sharing her advice on how to keep your relationship strong through honest communication. So, Damona, we're back. On one of your uh, current recent episodes of Dates and Mates, you talked a lot about relationship red flag. So let's raise a red flag right now <laughs> and talk about those that we have to be very weary of. And, you know, we're talking about talking about looking for a sensitive or attentive lover. Well, on the episode we of Dates and Mates, we really broke it down into different phases of the relationship red flags because there are certain things that you need to look for when you're on a first or second date. How does the person treat the wait staff and the people around them? Because if they're snapping at them or if they're rude to them or dismissive, guess how they're probably going to treat you a few months down the road if they think that that's okay and an okay way to treat people. So looking for red flags like that, like making sure that they're doing what they're showing up when they say they're going to and they're following through on the dates. But then as you get deeper into the relationships, the, the red flags get a, a little more subtle. <laughs> so as, as a relationship coach, I really help people identify what are their long-term goals in the relationship. And as things become more serious, you really have to examine those tracks that you're on and make sure that you're headed in the same direction. And then it's a, it's a process of continuing to check in and make sure that you are on the same track. And so a red flag further into the relationship could be something like, I really want children and he doesn't, or vice versa. <laughs> I want children and she doesn't. And those are the kind of red flags that only get bigger over time. They don't get smaller. So what I understand is that you should call out that red flag if you recognize something with the other person. You should actually identify it and talk about it. Or do you just dismiss it and say, okay, this this is not going to work for me and you want to walk away? 
talking about issues. What a revolutionary idea. <laughs> <laughs> but I think a lot of times we're not talking to each other. You know, and as David said earlier, we're, ta- we're texting to each other. Yeah. And we, we're not really taking enough time to sit down and actually express our feelings. And it's really, it's vulnerable and it's scary to identify something that may be wrong in the relationship and talk about how that makes you feel. But as long as you stay in your point of view, as opposed to blaming the other person, well, you said this and you, you, you wanted this at the beginning and now you changed your mind. It's keeping to what is your perspective? What is your, your long-term goal? I, saying I wanted kids all along and that hasn't changed for me and I'm really feeling like that is, that is the most important thing for me right now. And then you stop and you listen because the, the bigger part of communication is not, it's not really talking and expressing your point of view. It's listening to the other person's point of view. And if we can all work to be more active listeners, then I think the conversations can really deepen. Yeah, I think that's wonderful, and it's great advice. There's just not enough advice like that out there. But there's also something that's always nagging you at the back of your mind when you meet somebody new, and it's about how they're going to be good in bed. Let's just say you haven't had sex yet. You might only be on the first date or even the second date. Are there some signs that you could look for or that you you hope to find that you're wishing for that's going to give you some kind of inkling that they're going to be good in bed? (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering when we were going to get to this conversation. Um, You know, I personally feel that if you have a connection with someone, I I personally believe that sexual compatibility can be improved. And it's different if there are certainly people that you'll meet that you just have sexual chemistry with and that's it. And that's wonderful. But if there's someone that has all the qualities that you're looking for in a partner, but the sex feels a little bit off, there are... And I know you, you know this, but there, you know, there's so many ways that you can communicate, that you can improve your, your sex life, that you can seek out help and experts in this field. And I, I just feel like we're too quick to just, just walk away from something that is 90% good because of the 10%. And especially with online dating and the, the way that there's someone else waiting in the wings to swipe away, we, we just, we throw in the towel too early. And I, I, if I believe that communication can be improved, I have to believe that sex, your sexual experience with someone could be improved. We definitely for, agree for with sure. you. For sure, and there are plenty of ways to find out how to do that. But now one of the things that does pop up every now and again is that sometimes there's a feeling of insecurity or maybe even jealousy that just pop out of nowhere, and sometimes you don't even, you can't help it. It just comes out. But how does that kind of red flag about insecurity and jealousy, how are we supposed to deal with that when we don't even know why we're feeling it? Hmm. Oh, that's a deep one, Carol. <laughs> I, I, I kind of put those two in different categories because okay. to me, insecurity is feelings that you're having towards yourself a lot of the time and jealousy are feelings that are directed out towards the other person. So I would deal with those things in two different ways. And I think it's, it's natural to, to feel both, it's how do you how do you act upon those feelings? What and what do you what do you do with them when you're when you're feeling it? 
And I think jealousy actually could be a really big red flag in the relationship because either there's something in you that's not ready for this relationship and doesn't trust the relationship, or there's something that your partner may be doing that is causing you to doubt the relationship. So, so jealousy can, is, is really in the category of relationship killers. Insecurity is something that you have to you work on over time. Like, and everyone has their own insecurities. Like, I have body insecurities. I've struggled with my weight on and off, and I, you probably can't tell from some of the photos you've seen of me, but, I, I mean, I've lost the same 20 pounds probably probably 20 times in my life. Yeah. And so, you know, and I'll come to my husband and I'll be like, oh, don't you see this and that and this looks weird and I wish this could go away. And he's like, I don't even see it. And I know that that's my stuff. So what I've had to work on is just not even bringing that into our relationship or into the bedroom because it's not sexy. Like I had a friend that always used to say, don't yuck somebody else's yum. And she meant it in terms of food, but I think it works also in terms of sex. Like if he thinks that my body is beautiful the way it is, who am I to tell him that it's gross and yucky and needs to lose 20 pounds? (laughs) And so that's something that I have to work on on my own with my own counselors and and weight loss coaches, apart from my relationship. And too many times I think people expect their partner to be their everything and fix their everything. And I think that's, that's a line that sometimes needs to be drawn. They're not your counselor. They're your partner and maybe they're your confidant, but they're not there to fix all of the, all of those insecurities that are going through your, your brain. Beautiful. So that, you know, on the same vein as insecurity, let's get into in a new relationship. When is it appropriate and at what stage is it okay to talk to that person about their level of sexual experience and past and present lovers? See, I want to hear what you guys have to say about this, but (laughs) I'll tell you my two cents. Okay. I, I think past sexual experience it usually doesn't help the relationship discussing it you really have to stay in the moment of where you are with your partner what turns them on with you also something that you did with the past partner may not be something that your current partner is interested in engaging in at all and you may find something new that you like with your current partner that a past partner steered you away from Mm-hmm. So I, I've just rarely seen that it's helpful. And I, I don't know why women seem to always want to, <laughs> they want to share mm-hmm. about their, their, really, their sexual history. And I rarely, I coach guys as well. I've rarely met a guy that it's like, yeah, I want to know how many guys you slept with. That's rarely information that they're really eager to discover. That's very that, that's very interesting because you you wanted to know from us from a swinger side uh, how our conversations go when we meet people or are interacting with them, and because swingers' ultimate goal is to fuck 
is to get together that, you know, there's not that emotional, uh, what do you do and how do kids and all this stuff. It's like, you know, what do you like? Full, full swap, soft swap. Is she into girls? Is he into uh, two girls? Does she want two guys? And where do you want to get together? So when the, the conversations or the dating oh, that swingers God. have is very different than singles. And normally we don't talk about what happens in the past. We talk about what we're going to do together. And then when we have great sex, then we say, well, when are we going to meet next to have more great sex? And it, it's really not about that emotional attraction because we always talk that we're swingers, but we're emotionally monogamous. But if we've been swingers for the last 10 years, believe me, there's not other swingers asking us what we have and haven't done. No. It's not like a contest. No. So mm-hmm. I get it when you say that the, it's not necessary to share what you've done in the past, as long as it's you know productive and enjoyable and pleasurable what your experience in the present. So do you think it's appropriate to ask somebody on their first date if they actually are dating anybody else? Okay, so... I look at this as um, something that's different from culture to culture and sometimes from country to country. In the UK, if you are dating one person, the idea used to be that, and I'm talking like in the last five years, I think this has shifted, but you were only dating that person until you decided not to date them and you would tell them, I'm going to date other people now. I think with online dating, it's starting to shift. But in the U.S., it's always been you're dating. Well, I don't want to say always. As long as I've been a dating coach, which is now 13, 12, 13 years, you are not monogamous until you are deciding to be monogamous. So it's understood, especially with online dating, it's understood you have multiple dates going on. You probably have two other dates lined up that week. And a first date is definitely too early to have the expectation of monogamy. I think when you start to get into dates three, four, five, then you need to define the relationship a little bit more and make sure that you're both on the same page. And I've always said I'm a modern dating coach, (laughs) Modern, modern love made simple. I think it's completely okay for both men and women to date around and to be on multiple dates at dating multiple people at the same time until it becomes clear to them that there's someone that they want to be monogamous with if they want to be monogamous. And if they don't, I think it's clear that there's, there are plenty of options out there for people that want to be in non-monogamous relationships. But the tragedy is when you don't express that to the other person and they had a different expectation. So it's all, it all comes back to communication, Carol. Right. I mean, I I agree 100%. And, you know, in the swinging lifestyle, we're very rarely exclusive with another couple. And we certainly do not ask, you know, how many people have you been with this week? You know, we're we're never exclusive. No, it's not something we ask either. So I get that. And so we're kind of comparing how we do this online dating, which we do, it's part of our lifestyle, and how you're teaching these people to find love through online dating. Now, we're not looking for love, we're only looking for sex. But it's very, very similar. And there's a lot of parallels. Absolutely. And yeah, like I said, the communication is really the key. It's it's starting off with the right intention and then communicating your intention to the person sitting across from you. Yeah. And I guess when people are out doing, we'll call it um, multi-dating, uh, there's the chance or probability that they're also going to be sleeping with multiple people at the same time. Now, if you're dating multiple people, is it okay to tell them that you're also having sex with multiple people even though you're dating them? I find that... 
it's sort of implied if you say that you're dating multiple people that you may be having sex with them. Now, I'm also a huge advocate for safe sex, and I think we've also gotten a little bit too lackadaisical about having safe sex and protecting ourselves. And, you know, we see especially with the older daters, they're now seeing the highest rates of STDs. They're the fastest growing group of online daters, and the STDs are are rampant in the 55-plus community. So I, I don't know where people got it in their heads that they didn't need to wear protection anymore or if the next generation, like we stopped teaching it in schools, so they just don't know. But we get a ton of questions on dates and mates. Like, I don't know if this means I could be pregnant. (laughs) Do I know if I have an STD? And I just feel like there's just so much information and there's so many resources out there that there's really no excuse for that in today's day and age. Wow. You're absolutely right. Great, great end to an absolutely fantastic segment. Thanks so much. We're going to remind everyone that this is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David. And up next is our Great Sex Matters segment, all about how to make sure you find the right mate to be happy in the bedroom. So just hang on. Quick word from our sponsor, Lawand. Lawand is a high-end brand of personal vibrating massagers and accessories dedicated to promoting sexual wellness and overall pleasure. Yeah, and unlike your average massager, babe, <laughs> Lawand embraces its multifunctionality with innovative new features and premium materials with a more luxurious experience. And by improving upon that popular model, which has definitely been neglected over time, Lawand aims to embrace its role as a symbol of female sexuality. Created by certified sex educator Alicia Sinclair, the Low Wand is designed with pleasure in mind for all body types, encouraging and empowering, quite literally, intimacy and propounding a sex-positive lifestyle. Yeah, and according to Alicia, while historically wand massagers have been marketed as non-sexual devices, Low Wand is fully embracing intimate pleasure. And Alicia says, as a sex-positive female-founded company, Low Wand is redefining the wand massager a staple pleasure product for women with its premium features, attachments, and accessories that will satisfy a wider range of pleasure palettes. And to find out more, check out our link on our website at thesexylifestyle.com. You are listening to The Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Got a burning question or comment about today's show? So send an email to ask at carolanddavid.com and we just might be answering your question next. Now back to this week's show. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David and now it's time for our favorite part of the show where we get to talk about great sex because great sex matters and we all deserve it. And today we have international dating coach Demona Hoffman from Dates and Mates talking with us today about relationships. And no matter what our culture or our background, we all share a common desire. We all want to be loved and we all want to be good lovers. We absolutely do. And babe, you're the best lover I've ever had and my best friend. Thank you, honey. Now, ultimately... Dating is all about finding someone who will love us, and hopefully they will be a great lover too. So one of the first things we do when we're attracted to someone is to flirt with them. So, Demona, do you have some simple do's and don'ts for flirting online, and how do they apply when you get actually into flirting in person? Oh, flirting online is is a skill that many people really need to learn, 
And I think it, we're, we're taught it should just come naturally. <laughs> we should just know how to flirt. But both online and offline flirting are different skill sets that I help people develop. So when we're talking about the online flirting, I'll just give a couple of tips. And all of these are in the, the texting Ten Commandments as well. But using emojis, I know it seems like kitty stuff, but it really is helpful as a mood modifier. So if you say something cheeky or funny, and then you add a wink or, or heart eyes or something like that, it really lets someone know the tone that you're intending with your text or your messages. Because if you don't do that, you leave it up to interpretation. Right. And you don't want to go crazy, you know, like if, you, if you're a grown woman, you don't want to go crazy with a whole row of emojis, like my seven-year-old, she'll do like 25 <laughs> emojis in a row. Mm-hmm. You don't want to do that because that seems like you're childish. But again, if you use it as a mood modifier or as a way to, to express your intentions, it can be really helpful. Now, what and about then, the words themselves? Oh, the words themselves? Well, don't use all caps because then it seems like you're screaming. Okay. <laughs> but if you want to make an emphasis on a particular word, then you can use caps. As far as the words, again, I I go back to what I said in the last segment, make it sound like yourself. Now, that doesn't mean you want to use a lot of slang and really check for uh, grammar, like autocorrect and and those tools that are meant to help us that sometimes get in our way. Use words that you would use in IRL, in real life. (laughs) You don't want to use words that don't sound like you. Right. I remember once when I was, you know, way back, way back when I was dating and started texting, I wanted to say to someone, you know, I really want to meet you. But the spell check said, I really want to eat you. <laughs> no, you're oh, joking. Yeah. That oh. happened. Oh, yeah. She was at my house in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it worked in that case. But yeah, Absolutely. And now I'm married to her. She's sitting right next to me. <laughs> oh, shucks. <laughs> well, sometimes it does work. So sometimes those little mistakes can, can uh, end up in your favor. But as we're talking about flirting in person, I really recommend using, I, I actually, I, I work with flirting coaches that are trained in improv. And so I use the principles of improv to teach people how to flirt. And a lot of women come to me after divorce and not knowing how to really express interest in a man. And guys come to me, you know, just clueless and having no idea how to really seem sexy in their body and and communicate with, with women through body language. And so the improv principles are really, they're really simple and they're really effective. And I'll just give you a couple of the basic ones. One is yes and rather than no. So if someone makes a suggestion to you, you, you want to add on to what they said. So you affirm what they said and then you add on. And that's a really good conversation technique because you're then always moving, moving the conversation forward. And then another great improv technique is to, is to really use the power of touch and staying in the moment with them you can really impact what you're saying by adding a little touch to it. So if you're listening and responding, that's a major improv principle, really staying in the moment, and then you add a little ha-ha-ha touch to their hand when they say something funny, 
that really boosts the intimacy and the connection between the two of you. And then you can now, ramp it up from there. Now, what if he thinks he's funny, but you just laugh because he's not really funny, but you laugh anyways? She's talking about me. <laughs> I was going to say, of course, we're, that's what we're supposed to do. <laughs> there. Yeah, well, I obviously did it because we're married and it's 12 years later. So, so. there. You know, we do have a very important question for you. And here's a question that in a long-term relationship, is it better to be best friends or best lovers? This is a great question. I, my feeling is that it's better to be best friends. I think there are a lot of people that you can have a, a sexual connection with. But when you find that soul connection, that's that's pretty rare. And... Again, I don't believe in soulmates. I don't think there's one person, but I think you can have a soul connection with multiple people. But when you find that, to me, that is so special. And that's what I feel like I have with my husband. And you, you, you can develop both, but the friend connection is something that really is, is irreplaceable. So you believe that you can build on the sexual relationship if you have that connection to start off with? I do. And I, I believe the inverse as well. I believe you can build on the friendship, but it's just harder to find that, that friend connection to me in my experience. Well, that's very nice. Anyways, gives me chills. So mm. what about when we talk about one night stands and casual sex? Now they got to decide that they want to settle down. How do you get them over that one night stand mentality? Well, well, usually by the time they come to me, they're, they're ready. They're over the one night stand mentality. I do want to address, though, that a lot of times I hear now that people are not able to make a connection because of online dating, because people think if you're swiping that you'll just never settle down because there are endless options. And I think when you're ready and when you're with the right person, there's not a question in your mind. If you're having questions about it or if you're still desiring to swipe, then you're not ready. Then you're not there. Um, As far as getting yourself to that point, I mean, I I do a lot of visioning with my clients. I do vision boards and I I do some other exercises that helps them really picture themselves a year, two years, five years, 10 years in the future. And then I say, well, on the road that you're headed, how are you going to get there? You know, someone, a woman says to me, I want to be married in a year. Well, where are you right now? Well, I haven't had any dates this month. Wow, yeah. mm, well, it doesn't seem like you're very, very close to that goal yet. So a couple of things are going to have to shift. Either you're going to have to go on a ton of dates in the next two months or go to a matchmaker, like position yourself differently if you're expecting things to change that quickly. So I would say the same thing to someone that if they're just sleeping around and they say, well, I'll settle down when I meet the person. And it's like, well, maybe you need to settle down to meet the person. That makes sense. Absolutely. All right, Demona. So... We're going to give you two minutes for a last question, and it has to do with giving some singles some real advice on what they can do tonight to improve their odds of finding Mr. or Mrs. Right. So what's one or two things they can do right now to find that true mate? First of all, if you're not on a dating site or app, sign up for a dating site or app. It's just the best bang for your buck. It's the best way to exponentially expand your dating pool overnight. Two, if you are on a dating site, make sure that your profile is really the best representation of you that really draws people in and that your photos really tell your story. And then three, send outgoing messages. Like I was talking a moment ago about the person that wants to go from no dates 
to married in a year, the first thing I have people do is ramp up your connections and send outgoing messages. And for women, this is like a really big hack because only 20% of women even send outgoing messages. So you can beat 80% of the pack just by being out there and being visible. So I get people sending 10 messages a week. Your average response rate is only going to be about 30%. So people will come to me and say, oh, I tried online dating. It didn't work. And I say, well, how many people did you message? And they'll either say none or, well, one or two. Well, then if (laughs) the response rate is 30%, you're not even, you're not even breaking even here. So really taking initiative and taking action to change your, your single status. If it's something that you want to get away from. That is, that is amazing, amazing advice. And if I was single, um, I would hire you. So, oh, well, thank you. Uh, the, the Mona, uh, that was an, an absolutely amazing discussion, and uh, we learned so much about dating and relationships. Thanks so much for being here and sharing your stories and advice. So, how can people it, reach out and find out more about your services? I am available all the time at demonahoffman.com, and you can actually get access to the texting Ten Commandments workbook and webinar there. Or, I actually also have a, a free relationship boot camp e-course, if there are couples that are listening that are feeling like they lost that spark, this course will jumpstart your love life in one week's time or less. And the Dates and Mates radio show broadcasts every Thursday on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Damona Hoffman. We're Thursdays at 11 a.m. And then we're as a podcast on iTunes and iHeart and Stitcher and Spreaker and wherever you get your podcasts. Yay. Demona, Thank thanks so much. And, you know, we're learning more and more every week with all our fantastic sexpert guests. And we hope you do, too, because great sex matters. And you deserve it. And we encourage every couple to make a point to learn more about sex and sexuality and all the different ways to spice up your sex life. For more information, go to thesexylifestyle.com, the radio show guest page, and see all our amazing sexperts. Look them up and contact them if you need more advice. Well, that's it for our show today. A big thank you to our special guest, celebrity dating coach and relationship expert, Demona Hoffman from Dates and Mates. And a special thank you to you for listening. Tell your friends we're growing week by week. We're heard in 60 countries now. And remember to visit our website, thesexylifestyle.com, to sign up on sdc.com for one month using our free promo code 30. 314. Join us at Naughty in LA and the Naughty Cruise on September 30th to October 7th. And we are going to be in Chicago at the Lux Social Club October 21st. So come there and party with us. And then, like we mentioned earlier, we're going to be at the Everything to Do with Sex Show in Toronto, broadcasting live. Come be on our show November 24th to 26th. And don't forget the SDC Caribbean Dreams Cruise, December 9 to 16. We got Hito Kama Sutra lined up in January in Jamaica, January 20 to 26. Seven and more information, just please send us an email at ask at carolindavid.com. Join us again next time for another hour of the sexy lifestyle where we'll be talking with Peacock Couple again and doing our show CamSex 2 because CamSex 1 was so successful. And we're going to find out how porn, home porn, amateur home porn can add to your annual income right from the privacy of your own bedroom. We are Carol and David reminding you to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and horny. Stay sexy, everyone. Until next time. 
Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. This weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever. 